Welcome to the OA Virtual Kitchen Sink Meeting Podcast. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroup at oalaig.org for information on how to join our meeting live and how to donate to support this meeting and our podcasts. The opinions expressed on the Kitchen Sink Podcast are those of the individual speakers and do not represent OA as a whole. And now, our speaker. All right. Good morning, everyone. My name is Nancy. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I'm so grateful for being, to be here. Bob, thank you so much for asking me to lead. Um, I, I always find that things come when you need them the most. And, um, I, I was just speaking to my sponsor about this before. I, whenever I lead in a meeting, I feel like there's this imposter syndrome. Like I don't have enough recovery. Don't have anything that, you know, uh, people want to hear. And then, you know, once we dig deeper, I'm like, no, like there is recovery, like chill, just show up. So I'm telling that, like, just breathe in and just, uh, just going to share my truth. And yeah, so what happened? Um, so as a very young kid, I always knew that I was like eating, like eating a lot more than the adults. And, um, one of the, th- adults and, and other people in my life. Uh, one of my most kind of vivid memories as a child was, you know, being in the, the school cafeteria and eating kids leftovers before they were about to go into recess. And I would just kind of like look at the people that were picky and just look at how much food they had left over on their trays and, and then just like try to have their food. Um, and I, and I specifically remember hating sloppy joes. But yeah, I would, and no one really likes sloppy joes, but I would like eat people's sloppy joes. And I had no control. I literally, I just wanted to stuff myself. And, um, I remember when I got into program, I would ask my mom, I'm like, so mom, I'm like, you know, was there any time that you thought my eating was kind of weird or off? And it, and she was like, well, yeah, when, when you were like two or three years old, you tried to eat as much as your dad. So we had to like hide the food from you and, and you would still know that there was more on the stove. So you would be pointing for more food. Um, and I'm here like, okay, if that doesn't say that I'm a compulsive overeater, then I don't know <laughs> what does, but it's just interesting hearing, you know, accounts from other people in my life when, when they witnessed, um, my overeating, um, my vacations were usually around food. Um, I, uh, starting from the moment that I left the house to the airport, like there would be the, the quote unquote snacks that I would bring, um, with me. And then I would, it, it would be a binge-a-thon and, you know, I, I went, I've been to some really neat places, but most of what I remember is about the food. Um, and, uh, I'm grateful I'm in program now because things have shifted from in that respect. Also, um, my husband, he used to travel up for work. So when, uh, prior to us getting married, um, we were living together and I just remember, you know, looking forward to the days that he would leave to go on these work trips because that's when my binging began and I would like plan out these very elaborate binges. Like, okay, this is the sequence of what I'm going to eat and then I'm going to nap and then I'm going to continue. And 
And even when I would go to the grocery store, it was like a, an attack. There was like this, like, I'm not a very strategic person sometimes, but there was a strategy to my binges, um, especially when I went to like grocery stores or when my husband was traveling. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's amazing to me to see the lengths that I would go to, to have these binges. And I used to think that, um, it's not that there wasn't a God or that there, the God wasn't there for me, but I'm here. I used to think a lot like I'm doing these things to disappoint this higher power that I, that I kind of grew up with. I, I grew up, um, I grew up Catholic and a lot of from what I experienced was the guilt and the shame of not living my life by these kind of guidelines that I was given. So I'm here like, well, if I'm already disappointing God, I might as well continue because, you know, what's the point? <laughs> and um, I was just like really trying to find purpose, trying to connect, trying to belong. And the only thing I belonged to was the food. Like food was my master. Um, and what ended up happening was... um I, I discovered exercising at one point and um, like the perfectionist that I am, I couldn't just do 30 minutes of exercising. I would dug in and I did four hours, three hours of exercising in, in, in one sitting or I would kind of, you know, work my uh, scheduling for my job around the gym. I would go two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening and I got the results I wanted, but that was my life. And I was still binging. Um, and what ended up happening over the years was um, my husband and I, we got married, started talking about kids. At that point in time, I was stealing money from his pockets, like cash so I can go binge. And I'm here like, this dude wants to have kids, but I'm here stealing his money, being super dishonest, um, hiding things from him. Like, and, and then so the other thing that came to mind was like, my body is not fit to like carry any kind of kid. I need to like lose 50 pounds first and then gain them back and then try to lose them once I pop out a kid, whenever that happens. Um, but I just started kind of like really getting worried. Um, and I told them <laughs> one day we were walking and I'm like, you know, I've been stealing money from your, from you to go eat. And I think I have a problem. So long story short, I go to a therapist who, um, really helped demonstrate the powerlessness I had around the food and how my life was unmanageable because of the food. And, um, I had a bit of experimenting to do. I, I wanted to be right. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't want to admit defeat. Um, and I was like, I'm going to show her. So I remember one of our sessions, um, I was like, I went to Trader Joe's and I bought food like a normal person. I didn't limit myself and it only lasted two days. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and she was like, so at this point, are you willing to admit that your life is a bit unmanageable and you might be a little powerless over the food? Um, so at that point I was willing to go to a no way meeting and to this day, it's like the best thing I've ever done for myself because walking into those rooms or into these rooms and hearing my story from so many different people 
it, it was the belonging that I always yearned for. And I just didn't know it was out there. And, you know, uh, one of the first miracles for me in this program was, um, so I had gone to my first meeting and, and it was, uh, it was mentioned that there was a young person's meeting on the, on the flyer, there was a, an address. So I went to this address, but when I got there, it seemed that the meeting had, had, had moved, but there was no update. And I remember on the way home, I'm like, wow, I have an hour of unaccounted time that I could just go binge. No one's going to know where I am. You know, um, I, uh, I could just, I could just binge and, and I drove straight home and I didn't binge on the way home. Um, and that was like the first God shot for me. Cause I'm like, that wasn't me. That was a power that was greater than myself kind of really, um, taking care of me. And, um, yeah, and, and I've been, I've been in programs ever since and it's been almost like four, four and a half years now. And at least that's what I'm doing consistently as I keep showing up and I'm still in program. Um, so, so I have some notes here just because I tend to ramble. Um, so as I've been working through the steps, one of the biggest things that's been kind of I wouldn't say revealed because I, I, it's like I, I'm aware of it, but it's like fears. Like I'm a very fear driven person. Most of what I do is because I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared of what the repercussions might be if I don't do this. Um, and I avoid things because I'm scared. I do things because I'm scared. And man, uh, you know, it's still something that I struggle with. Um, but program has really helped me because I can, one, I can talk about it with fellows. I can talk about it with my sponsor. Um, you know, and, and I give it as I, as I communicate with people, as I, you know, talk to this higher power, um, my fears over time have less power and I'm able to live my life in a way that I never imagined living it. Um, and a lot of my fears, you know, they come about like what people think of me. I mean, this one, it's the one that I was kind of um, struggling with this week. It's like fear of my body, fear of um, letting go. Um, I recently uh, kind of hit a little bit of a plateau in my program where um, I, 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 I made the decision to seek out a nutritionist. And this woman, she made a couple of suggestions and I really wanted to fight her on it because I'm like that. Like, no, like, listen, lady, like, I can tell you what you're telling me is not going to work. Like, telling me to eat more vegetables, like, a lot, but, um, so it's, it's, you know, just the, I, like, I think I know what's best. And clearly, if I'm in these rooms, is because I've done a series of things that wasn't in my best interest that led me here. And it's just hard to, like, go of these like deeply ingrained notions of I know what I'm doing around the food. I don't, I don't, I hit a plateau for a reason. Like there's things that aren't working for a reason. And so it's hard to be open-minded when I'm scared of these, um, of letting go. Um, but time and time again, (laughs) what's been revealed to me is that I'm exactly where I need to be and I am being taken care of. And those have been like the biggest concepts for me that have been hard is just to really know that I'm 
Like at this moment in time, this is exactly what I'm experiencing for my growth. Like this is exactly what I need to become a better fellow, a better daughter, better wife. Um, and it's not, you know, it's like, I always have this idea, like way of thinking like I should, it should be X, Y, Z. But, um, at the end of the day, when I reflect, when I do my 10 step or, um, when I talk to other fellows, I'm like, you know, I'm, I, I can see I'm exactly where I need to be. And I can see that I am being taken care of, even if sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Um, cause growing up, the God that I had, it was more of like, you know, this transactional God, like, all right, God, if I, if I pray, if I go to church, if I, you know, do 10 rosaries, um, then you should make this guy really like me. Cause I really prayed for this person and, you know, I'm the best thing for this person right now, or, you know, God, I really prayed for this body. So because I devoted all this time to you, you should kind of come through and like, make me like into like, you know, an hourglass body when really I'm an apple shaped person. That's a big thing for me. But anyway, <laughs> so it's um it was a very transactional kind of a relationship um where i felt like i was the one giving not receiving but anyway so with programming it, you know it's just been really interesting finding this higher power understanding which i'm not supposed to right it's like you know i mean not really but it's like if i understand god maybe it's too small but what's been kind of you know um blaringly in my face is like uh nature usually is is kind of like what I'm like been leaning into more. So in the last year or two is just like seeing that, you know, nature is like my form of a higher power or as in the OA 12 and 12, there's, um, there's a phrase that calls it like a healing power. And that I was able to get behind. I'm like a healing power. I was like, I can totally get behind. I just get caught up in like, the words wanting to know what my higher power looks like. Um, and that keeps me, keeps me paralyzed. Cause then I just don't move forward. Cause I'm so stuck on that and kind of letting that go and just realizing there's a power that heals and it's not me. Um, that's just been something that's been a lot more comforting. Just like, you know, the sounds of the birds, um, you know, watching the, you know, the leaves kind of grow, like hearing the wind, you know, like, there's just these things that just like make me feel like just so at peace and happy um, and taken care of in a weird way. Um, yeah. And through the steps, one of the first things that, you know, when I started a program, one of the first things that scared me away was the nine step. Like what? I'm going to have to go to people and apologize for the crappy things I did to them. Like, no, that's not, that's not going to work. Like, I really wanted to like, like quit. Like a lot of people, they talk about the fourth step, but for me, it was, it was a nine step that really wanted, that made me want to like run the other way. But it's wild because I, I, I had like the best nine step experience. Um, and, um, I mean, there's so many, but like there was two that just stood out to me so much. One of them was in high school. I, I was, um, I used to ask this girl for money and, um, and I would always tell her I would pay her back. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, can I borrow five bucks? You know, I don't have lunch money, but really I was like, you know, eating other food. Um, and, and I always told her I would pay her back and that was kind of like gnawing at me. It kept coming up. 
So I, I got to make amends with her via Facebook Messenger. And it was just, um, you know, it was really cool to just be able to like be human and, and in the sense of like, just really admitting like, Hey, I know that I did you wrong. Um, and I want to make it right. Um, and just then the kind of grace that came with that, like from the other person being like, no, I remember that really frustrated me. Thank you. Um, you know, and she acknowledged it. She was like, yeah, that was a pretty crappy. Um, but she's like, thank you so much. Cause she's like, I actually need this money right now. So this, thank you so much. And I'm here like, no, thank you. Um, uh, but it's like, you know, people still remember those things that I did that hurt them. Um, and even though I didn't, I didn't think about it. Um, and the second thing, the second like miraculous thing that happened was, um, for the longest time, I was very, I had a lot of preconceived ideas about my best friend and we were childhood friends and, and, you know, doing the fourth step and the seventh step, what really came down to, like, I was jealous and envious and intimidated. <clears throat> so when I did my ninth step with, with her and I read her this letter that I had written, which it, it would like bullet pointed how I was like, you know, uh, how I had did her wrong at the end, she just showed me like the most, you know, um, grace and acceptance and, our relationship has healed so much that even though I did my amends and then she completely forgave me and she's just, you know, that our, she started calling me and we started, and I'm here like, but what do you want? Like, is your notes your motive? And like, that was totally my crap. Right. But it's just like, no, it's just like relationships can heal. And I don't have to like, look for the doubt in things so I can keep myself separate. So I can, so it's like, I, when I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, even though I made the amends, there was a part of me that was still scared to get hurt. So I wasn't really giving myself freely or, or into this relationship. And now it's just like probably the healthiest relation, one of the healthier relationships that I have, because, you know, I just like, I believe that God went and I healed this. And, um, and, and I, now I'm able to like really show up like a genuine person instead of being like, uh, like, you know, I don't know. Um, kind of like, anyway, um, and I just wanted to quickly touch upon something that in the last couple of months have, has made a big shift in kind of my program and how I accept myself these days. But for the longest time, I've, I've had like certain struggles with, um, focusing and attention and, um, you know, wanting, wanting to show up in ways and not being able to. And, um, my therapist had made a suggestion for me to get diagnosed for ADHD. Long story short, I got tested, did a couple of tests and, um, I, I, I was, so I was uh, diagnosed with ADHD and that's just been one of the most, um, kind of freeing things that's happened to me because it's given me permission to, like myself to uh better understand myself and to see how it affects like my food and how I show up and um you know I mean so many other things and um and just really believing that you know my higher power made me this way because there's a gift to this there's something to this even though I feel like it's hindered me so much I've come to a point now in my recovery that um, 
I can, I'm, I'm trying to shine the light on these things that I feel like have hurt me so long and be like, okay, now like what, God, what is it here that you want me to, to do, to see what, you know, whatever. And, um, and it's just been a real shift because I see how, you know, there are specific symptoms that affect the food. So it's now being mindful of how it affects it, um, which has helped a lot. And then also, you know, giving me the tools to communicate in a way of like, hmm, I need a bit more support here. So it's just amazing how, you know, recovery has kind of helped has given me the tools to kind of look into this thing that I used to like beat myself up about and just actually to kind of shine more grace. Cause, um, yeah, it's just, it's just been, um, it's been a journey and, um, I see my time is up, but somebody asked me about having a sponsee cause, um, <laughs> that's also been great for my recovery and, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. All right. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with anyone, any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. You, if you asked a question last week, please wait until the first three questions have been asked before raising your hand. Okay. All right. Let me just pull up the participants section. Cool. Okay. Melissa. Hi there, Melissa, compulsive eater, food addict. Thank you for your share, Nancy. It was lovely. Um, can you please just describe what your daily spiritual routine looks like? Thanks. Yes. Yes. Um, so <laughs> sorry, I'm chuckling because it, uh, it varies, but, um, my daily spiritual routine is, is what I'm able to do right now for today. And, um, and whether that's, um, a combination of doing my 10 step and sending my food in, adding prayer and meditation, um, it, it, there's been a lot of different circumstances lately in, in my life that kind of have, um, I've had to <laughs> adapt. And, and so basically as long as I'm abstinent, that, that is, um, that's, that's enough when it comes to my routine. Um, but yeah, I usually try to, I usually get text messages from a fellow that shares like literature, um, in the morning. So if I'm traveling, it's really helpful to have that kind of, um, like reading literature to kind of connect me um, to program. And sometimes, and I also get a daily email. So sometimes that's, especially if I'm traveling and I don't want to um, bring around my literature, usually kind of, that's also how I stay connected and yeah, daily. <laughs> Hope that answers your question. Um, Julie. Thank you, Nancy, for your beautiful share. How has working the program, what effect has it had on your character defects and what actions have you changed as a result of working the program? Yeah. Um, so working the steps and character defects, I have to, <laughs> so, um, I guess one of my biggest character defects, um, coming into pro- program has been like dishonesty because, uh, 
it comes really from the root of fear, uh, a fear of if I tell the truth, what will people think? What will happen if I, you know, like I always think of if I'm honest, there's something's bad, something bad is going to happen. And that's mostly because of my upbringing and, and kind of like what was modeled at home. Um, and <laughs> now a lot of my program has been to the contrary action is to be as honest as possible. And it's super imperfect. Um, but in the sense that I, I still tell myself stories that aren't true. I still, um, I still try to protect myself. And, and even though it's not, uh, as blatant as before, uh, pre-program, but I can see like as I'm in program over time, how there's still layers to like how I, you know, tell myself stories that aren't true. I tell other people stories that aren't true. Or it's not even that it's not true. I just try to like hide the truth in there without being, you know, um, I don't know. I feel like saying this out loud is horrible. I'm sorry, but that's just kind of like where I'm at guys. Um, um, but that's, I think that's, I mean, amongst other uh, character defects, like pride and, um, ego. Um, and honestly, I, I would say those are, are, are the ones that have reared its head time and time again. And that's the ones that have, you know, gave me the most learning is like every time that I'm honest and I'm scared, that's just, and I, and I'm, I still make it alive at the other end. That's just more proof that I'm exactly where I need to be and I'm being taken care of. Um, whether it's with, uh, my sponsor, which is Julie, by the way, but, um, whether it's with my husband or my parents or, you know, at work, um, I've, I've made it out the other end. No one's killed me for, for being honest. So. Yeah, thanks for asking the question. Um, okay, Victoria. Hi, good morning, Victoria, compulsive overeater. Thank you for your honest share today. Uh, I want to hear more about your experience with sponsorship. That's where you kind of ended, but there felt like there was a lot more. I'd love to hear about it. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for asking the question. So, um, a couple months ago, I started sponsoring and one of the amazing things that uh, I've learned is the way that I am hard on myself when it comes to like um program recovery life is not the same way I am with my sponsee. And it's just been such a beautiful experience. I mean, we're very different. And I think that's the beauty of the program is like, you know, sometimes um we end up you know, meeting and becoming friends with people we would never imagine. So it's just amazing um seeing that I feel like I'm getting more out of this relationship than almost her in, in the sense that, you know, having to like, you know, go through literature again and, and, and discuss it and um like it's strengthening my program as well. And um and just seeing how, you know, I see she's just as sick as I am. And it, all that happens is I just have, you know, maybe just a little bit more recovery than she does. And I'm just being able to like share that and see, you know, how, how, you know, um, it's helping her, especially finding her higher power. That's, that's been super gratifying. Um, and I'm just really enjoying it because it's also 
making me look at my relationship with my higher power. It's also making me look at my food a bit more. It's also making me um, kind of be a bit more um, a better sponsee in a way as well, or try to be a, a better sponsee. So it's just been a very great experience to, um, you know, be, you know, yeah, just like, Learning to be kinder to myself because I'm able to be, if I'm able to be kind to this person who is trying to, you know, overcome the same struggles I had, why can't I give the same grace to myself that I'm giving to another person? Like, that's like, yeah. So thank you. <laughs> Bob. Thank you, Nancy, for a great share. Um, so in the very beginning, how, how did you give up? some of these foods, some of these obsessed foods, what was your process? Yeah. Thanks for asking that question. Yeah. So one of the first, um, well, it took a while, but the, the first foods that kind of went on my red list was sugar and flour. And um, in the beginning, it was really hard. It was like that white knuckle kind of like, Oh my God, how am I going to do it? Um <laughs> But what I learned, I, I heard it in a meeting, or I think it was even one of my uh, sponsors that said it at the time, but, you know, the concept of it's not my food, it's not an option. So just really kind of creating this, like, mental block um, in the beginning, that was kind of, like, what kept me abstinent. Now it's more of like being aware of these foods that I never thought were going to be a thing and being like, is this a thing? Like, and just really, I feel like, you know, people always say like the road gets narrower and I would be like, what the F are they talking about? And now I'm like, the road gets narrower and it sucks. Um, Every time like I have to like put a food to the side, it's like a breakup. It's like, uh, cause I'm like, what else is going to be taken away from me? And it's just, you know, shifting this perception that it's like, no, it's nothing that's being taken away. It's more like, you know, the serenity and the food neutrality that comes with just kind of like parking it. Um, So, uh, so I think that that conception really helped me in the beginning. And now it's just more like really just checking in with myself and being as honest as I can be in the moment of like, if I ingest something that kind of is sexy you know, is it because I enjoy it or is it because there's, it's setting off a craving? Cause what I have to be reminded of time and time and time and time again is that I can enjoy my food and that's scary. So yeah. Uh, Deb? Um, you had talked about, um, growing up Catholic and then, in program. So how has your higher power changed for you? If your higher power has changed, um, through program. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, growing up, um, I was Catholic, uh, and I, and I still am Catholic. It's not like I converted to another religion or anything, but it was more of like this way of thinking about this higher power. Like, I was always scared that God was, you know, disappointed in me, that I hurt God's feelings. Like when I was like seven or eight, like I was going to confession every week. And now as an adult, I'm like, what did I think was so effed up that I was going to confession every week, you know? And it, 
it usually did involve around like lying to my parents. Like I remember those things, but, um, but it's like, I really thought I was a screwed up person even at a very young age and that God was disappointed. So in the beginning of program, God, it was really rough because I wanted a face, right? Because in Catholicism, you, you know, there's a face to the, to this person. So, um, so I was like, I was seeking a face, you know, I was like, I need to put a face to what this higher power is. And, you know, some people shared in, in the rooms about like it being a, you know, this feminine power or, you know, X, Y, Z. And for me, it was just always, anyway, it was confusing. So, um, so what I really had to do, I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been an evolution. It will continue to be is just like, what, what is this kinder, gentler force that I can kind of really apply this, you know, being a higher power other than me. And the common thread through and through has been, um, kind of like nature outdoors. Um, um, just, you know, seeing like a freaking flower, like come through like the cracks of a sidewalk, like, wow. Okay. I have no power over that. And it's beautiful. Um, so, uh, thank you. Yeah. So that's just, it's, it's been an evolution and just knowing that my higher power, um, you know, loves me, whatever it is, I'm being taken care of. And, um, and that's all I need to know is that I'm exactly where I need to be and I'll be okay. Yeah. Um, Raul. Uh, yeah. Um, so my question is, are there any situations where people pleasing becomes an obstacle to your abstinence and how do you overcome that? Yes. Actually, a lot. Um, that's a great question. Yeah. So people pleasing. Yeah. I am such a people pleaser. Um, and it's something that, uh, I didn't even know what, like, I didn't have a vocabulary before to say, like, what is a people pleaser? And then it's like, Oh, hi, me. Um, and man, um, God. Okay. So Raul, I had to like come up with certain scripts of like things to say. Um, especially like if I'm at a party or a gathering or at work, I work for a dessert company. So having to tell my coworkers like, Hey, I work here, but I can't eat our stuff. Sorry. Um, but I love working here. So don't fire me. Um, so, um, you know, just having, I mean, I've worked my, my sponsor, she's really great at like helping me tailor certain um comments or answers because I always want to over explain, right? I always want to be like, oh, you know, <clears throat> thank you so much for making me this really cool cake. I really would love to eat it, but you know, sugar makes me sick. And you know, that's kind of like where I want to go to is like over explaining and just remembering that brevity is great and just being like, you know what? Thank you so much. And I know you put a lot of like, you know, I'm saying if people made me cake, let's say, right? But saying like, you know, thank you so much for for making this for me. But it's just it, it really makes me sick. It doesn't agree with me. And, and just keeping it at that, you know, I have an allergy. That's, that's the big one that I'm trying, not trying that I'm really trying to um respond with is like, I have an allergy and just like leaving it at that. Um, whether it's the sugar or the flour or whatnot, because when you say, or when I've said I've had an allergy, it ends there. Like there's no negotiation. Um, and I, you know, I, I, this summer, 
I went to Portugal to visit my family and um, I haven't gone in a while because of COVID and everything. So the way I eat now is very different from before. So there was this expectation that like, Oh, Nancy likes X, Y, Z. And even though I don't eat that anymore. So I found tactical ways to actually be away from the food. For example, I, you know, I used to like really enjoy cakes. So what I learned very quickly is if I'm of service, no one's going to realize that I'm not eating the cake. If I help to distribute the cake to the people or cut the cake, no one's going to be like, why are you not eating the cake? So it's just finding these little practical things to kind of like, um, you know, be of service, but also, you know, uh, protect your yourself, your sanity, your abstinence. I mean, really take care of yourself because when you know that the, this thing is going to really send you to the deep end, you're no longer going to be present with the people you're with. You're You're just going to be thinking about, getting more of whatever that is so i mean i hope that answers your question okay and brianna hi my name is brianna i'm a compulsive overeater and a newcomer um i am uh finding that what i'm struggling the most with is um still cooking the regular foods for my family (laughs) because they are requesting it. Um, mind you, I am very new in the program. Um, <laughs> so it's been really difficult for me to, you know, be around the, the food substances that I used to love and binge on. And, you know, now looking at them while I'm, I just recently had a bariatric surgery. So while I, you know, sipping protein drinks and blah. Um, have you experienced anything like that and how have you dealt with it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know we're, we're almost out of time, but very quickly, um, I mean, I haven't had bariatric surgery, so I know, but I know that there are certain like, um, restrictions that having the surgery kind of comes with the territory. But what I can say from my experiences, I cook a lot as well. Um, and there's things that I used to make that I don't, that I don't eat, but people enjoy. But what I've learned is to tailor these meals in a way that, like, let's say, anyway, that I'm able to extract at least, like, the protein from it or the vegetables so people can still enjoy, you know, if I'm making rice, beans, and fries with and, and protein, but I, I can at least carve something to take care of myself, you know, vegetables and the protein or or things of that <clears throat> nature. I try to always have something when I make for my family that I, I can still kind of have some of something that's there that is safe for me to eat, but it still kind of doesn't separate me to the point that they're like, Oh my God, now you have to have like different food. It's like, no, I, I make it so that these favorite recipes are theirs, you know, satisfies them, but takes care of me as well. I don't know if that answers your question, but it's tricky, especially in the beginning it, when you're fairly new, it's, it, it can be, um, you know, it, it can be a bit of a challenge finding how to cook it in a certain way or to to kind of, yeah, uh, thank you, to kind of have it, um, you know, the same. And, and also communicating, I think, is a, is a big thing. And, and it can be a challenge. But, yeah, feel free to call me. I'll put my number in the chat. All right. I think that's 